Getting from point A to point B can be a challenge for all of us. But when it comes to our most precious cargo, our children, safety rises to the top. More than 25 million children are transported to and from school and school-related activities every day. So how are school districts overcoming rising fuel prices and dealing with the bus driver shortages? We'll explore those topics and more in this episode of Educationally Speaking. Greetings and welcome to Educationally Speaking. My name is Mark Edwards, communication specialist with Oakland Schools and host of this award-winning podcast. In each episode, we focus on important and engaging topics related to education here in Oakland County, Michigan. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you tuning in. Please follow Oakland Schools on social media and engage with us. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Make sure to tell a friend and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Let's begin. In this episode, we sit down and discuss the topic of K-12 transportation with Tom Korth, Supervisor of Transportation Services for Oakland Schools. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule. Hey, Mark. It's great to be here today with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about pupil transportation. So happy to talk about it. I know our listeners are going to learn a lot. I'm going to learn a lot. So you recently joined Oakland Schools, working to oversee a fleet of 1,700 school buses that transport more than 100,000 students from across Oakland County. Sounds like a daunting task. Previously, you served the Chippewa Valley School District, you have an interesting career pathway. Can we just start off by telling our listeners about your background? Sure. My career path kind of began in private business uh, in the corporate sector and eventually becoming an entrepreneur owning my own business in the service industry. I received a bachelor's degree in operations management from University of Detroit. And while I was owning my own business, I took a job as a school bus driver for purposes of having you know, the good medical insurance. Absolutely. And I was a route driver for Chippewa Valley schools for 13 years. And in Chippewa Valley, we had 100 buses, we had 86 routes and drivers, four tech mechanics, and five office staff. And during that time, while I was being a bus driver, I went back and I earned my advanced degrees, Master's of Education and an Educational Specialist, so that when I sold my business, I could move into the field of education. So my my, uh, director eventually retired and and so I interviewed and received the job as Director of Pupil Transportation at Chippewa Valley, where uh, I worked for three years. In June of 2022, I left Chippewa Valley, and I went over to Jackson Public Schools to gain a little bit of that privatized experience in transportation because they were privatized. So that gave me the practical knowledge and that level of experience. And then in November of 2022, I took the position here as Transportation Supervisor for Oakland Schools. Very good. Well, welcome to Oakland Schools. And so with all of that experience, even with the constant changes, it sounds like you somewhat have a blueprint on how to be successful within this transportation work. Can you walk us through the organizational chart of your department here at Oakland Schools? How many are on your team? What are their roles and responsibilities? And describe some of the areas that you and your team are currently focused on with Oakland Schools and the school districts that we serve across Oakland County. Sure. And my role at Oakland Schools, along with my staff and office staff, I have uh, One person that assists as a transportation specialist. There's another one that assists with software. Uh, And we have the opportunity to be able to help each of our LEAs in providing, you know, mandated training from the Michigan Department of Education through curriculum for new bus drivers, as well as driver continuing education, supervisors training. 
We can also assist the transportation supervisors, the directors, and their staff of drivers in the mandated state reporting of like school bus fleet inventories, researching questions that they may encounter regarding the law, uh, as far as bus stops, types of stops, and bus safety in general. Because at a, at a district level, they're very busy taking calls from parents and other people, and they don't, just don't have the time to do that research. Absolutely. So in my role here, I am working diligently to be able to provide that great communication and value to each of our LEA districts to provide information that they simply, again, don't have time to do on their own. And the hot topics today include things like the clean school bus funding through rebates and, and grants, providing information on relevant federal and state grants that they can apply for and assist in fleet operations and safety within their LEAs. And lastly, just being available to present and present to listen and understand their concerns so that I can provide assistance to them because I have that managerial experience, I have those life skills of handling difficult calls, dealing with conflict management with staff and community and helping solve problems and bring resolution and compromise in a situation. Well, not to mention it helps. You've been behind the wheel. Exactly. And so that just gives you credibility and adds to your expertise and builds trust with your team, I assume. Yeah, 28 LEAs. So uh, it's a daunting task, but uh, building relationships with them and looking forward to working with them. Yeah, I believe everything that we do in education is relationship-based. And so, you know, you and your team, you're fielding calls, you're providing training, you're doing research, you're just a huge support to these districts, and I'm sure they're happy to, to work with you. Having two daughters of my own, my mind always tends to focus on safety on the school bus whether it's at the bus stop and definitely when those buses are in motion. So how can families, the community, and really just the general public help keep our kids safe when they're being transported to and from school and school activities? So probably the most important thing is for all stakeholders in our community, parents, uh, students to understand the relevance of safety in transporting students by understanding and then communicating to their children, grandchildren, why we have certain rules at bus stops or on the school bus itself. That teamwork of collaboration will help reinforce safety and maintaining distances for student boarding at the bus stop and staying properly seated on the school bus. And additionally, all of our community needs to understand the traffic control signals that are on our buses with the overhead red stops and the hazard signal lights that are displayed at uh, different stops throughout our districts to keep both the students and the drivers safe while maintaining uh, safety on the road. So important. And I know that uh, if you go to your favorite search engine and you put in school bus safety and school bus lights and things like that, you'll get nice diagrams and infographics. So if you're listening and you're unsure of when you need to stop or how far behind a bus you need to maintain, go online and kind of take a look and, and do a search because I think you'll get some good information and you could help keep our kids safe, which is what we ultimately want to do. Great advice. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I'd like to focus on what's ahead rather than what's behind us, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the amazing work of transportation professionals, drivers, and supervisors throughout the pandemic. So can you speak to the work that was performed during that time? Because I think sometimes it could be overlooked. I know that some buses were providing portable Wi-Fi to, dis to neighborhoods, uh, helping with food distribution. Tell our audience a little bit more about the work that they did during the pandemic. So thanks for asking that question, Mark, because this gives me an opportunity to absolutely brag about our tremendous drivers, our transportation office and administrator staff, all those that worked tirelessly through the pandemic challenges in order to feed and service all of our students and all their families. During Thanks. the pandemic, uh, I was at Chippewa Valley Schools, and I, along with transportation supervisors and directors, 
throughout our state and country, really, I literally at one time had five different scenarios regarding routing on my desk, and we were just waiting for which plan was going to be implemented. Was it going to be like, okay, alternate addresses? Was it going to be last names? Uh, how we were going to do it by region, certain neighborhoods? Add to that special needs student routes along with food service to the uh, hub locations within neighborhoods. And then add to that the buses, like you said, equipped with the Wi-Fi, which were driven and parked strategically within the neighborhoods for students to work remotely during the remote class sessions. So smart and so, so helpful. That was a Herculean task, but with the talented professionals in Oakland, Macomb, Wayne, and Genesee counties, and throughout the state, the mission was accomplished. We did Wonderful. it. Wonderful. And I know it was difficult, but we all did come together. And we got through it, and I hope that we're turning the pages on that, especially as we head into 2022, 2023. We're starting to kind of see things normalize, so that's a positive. Are we starting to see the bus driver shortage balance out? And if someone listening wants to become a driver, where should they begin that process? So unfortunately, the driver, national driver shortage really still exists, affecting all the school districts across our country. And if you want to become a bus driver, I welcome those who would like to become a driver reach out to me personally or at any of your local school districts to get more information and complete an application online. You'll be paid during the training process to get your commercial driver's license with your air brake, passenger and school bus endorsements. And then speaking from my own experience, you can really fit this kind of a job into your existing life schedule even if you may have another job. Uh, districts are very willing to work with you around your schedules at this time. And I did it when I owned my own company, and the rewards are good, not only in the compensation, but in the relationships you develop uh, with fellow drivers and also with your students. You do. You become an integral role with your students. Uh, it goes beyond the classroom, right? You have a chance to mentor and lead by example, and a lot of lessons are learned on the school bus. Exactly. So you mentioned they can contact you. How can, if we have a listener that lives here in Oakland County, Michigan, that wants to reach out and become a school bus driver, how can they contact you, Tom? So just go to the Oakland Schools website under the transportation link. My name and contact information is on there. You can email me or call me. Sounds good. And what roughly right now, I know you don't have to give me a, just a ballpark figure would work. What is the hourly wage right now roughly for a school bus driver coming in first year? So that depends on the district at this time sure. because there are some contracts out there negotiated with uh, our collective bargaining uh, units. So anywhere from $18 per, per hour up to about $25 an hour. And that's in year one? That's in year one. And those can balloon up to, let's say you're a 10-year driver, what could, the, what could that go up to? Again, it would be based on perhaps union scale, but uh, yeah, you get compensated every year. Nice. So there is room for growth. We could say that. Exactly. Okay. So if you're a listener out there, please check out our website, oakland.k12.mi.us. Go to that transportation tab, look Tom Korth up, and shoot him an email. Yep. And adding one more thing, Mark, on that too, there are some signing bonuses in some of the districts too that they're Very offering nice. at this time. Very nice. So take advantage if that's something that you're thinking about. Just speaking with you offline, it's evident that communication is a priority of yours. I believe communication is key with no matter what we do. So where did that come from? How was that instilled in you? And what are some of the tactics that you're using to tell the school transportation story to our stakeholders and to the communities? Well, communication, I think, is the key to living effectively and staying relevant. Sometimes the best communication skill is to simply listen well. Mm -hmm. And I had great teachers, my parents, along my education path. 
that taught me the skill and how to apply it. So I applied it in business and everything I did, just listening, understanding the other person's point of view, and then drawing relevant conclusions on that and going from there to be able to, to understand and move forward. And not always agreeing. Oh, no. But having the mutual respect. That's right, exactly. That's very important today. I think we lost a little bit of that, but yeah, back to mutual respect, everyone. So some effective ways that I have had the opportunity to be able to communicate is with our transportation uh, staffs through speaking one-on-one with the drivers and the staff and and at some conferences too, such as the Michigan Association of Pupil Transportation, the Michigan School Business Officials, the Michigan Association of Secondary School Administrators. So I had the opportunity to be able to talk to these uh, folks about how bus drivers can positively affect student outcomes. The school bus driver is the first district employee that students see in the morning at their bus stops and in their neighborhoods. Great and usually the last uh, you know, district employee that they see when they go home at night. So, so drivers have the ability to see and observe the student in a setting that even teachers don't on a daily basis, which allows a driver that unique ability to be able to build relationships with their students and then from their unique perspective, communicate directly to parents, administrators, if they happen to notice potential harm or issues that come up. Yeah, drivers definitely become part of uh, families. I do know that. They're special people. I'm joined by Tom Kors, Supervisor of Transportation Services for Oakland Schools. And when we come back, I want to talk about the movement of clean energy and electric buses. We'll be right back. Do you have a show idea, question, or comment? Or want to get recognized as Listener of the Month? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at educationallyspeaking at oakland.k12.mi.us. Again, email us at educationallyspeaking at oakland.k12.mi.us. Calling all motivated high school students enrolled in an Oakland County School District. The Oakland Accelerated College Experience may be the right fit for you. Students accepted into the Oakland ACE program can earn as much as an associate's degree or up to 60 credits for transfer. There is no cost or fees to the student or family. Visit oaklandace.org for more info. Again, oaklandace.org for more information. Welcome back to Educationally Speaking. I'm your host, Mark Edwards, and I'm joined by Tom Korth, Supervisor of Transportation Services for Oakland Schools. Tom, I understand that the EPA has initiated a clean school bus program. Can you provide some details for our listeners? With unleaded fuel prices inflating to, I think, more than $5 a gallon and almost $6 a gallon now, it seems like this is the perfect timing for this work. So I agree. The timing is right, and the federal government has provided unprecedented funding uh, with an opportunity to uh, cash in on $5 billion for school bus purchases and also infrastructure for electric buses. Now this process is simple in the sense that it's a one-page application through the EPA that needs to be completed by any LEA wanting to participate in the first phase of rebates available. The EPA has established criteria involved in the award process of the funds. However, I believe as electric becomes um, more and more popular and builds momentum in the next few years, we'll all need to begin the process which is now available for electric school bus purchasing. So is the EPA accepting these applications currently? Have we applied? How does that work? Do we apply on behalf of the 28 districts? Do we apply just for our own entity, Oakland Schools? How is that working? So I've sent that information to all the individual LEAs, and they have the opportunity to complete that. Each 
district has to do their own okay. uh, application process. And it's open, and it's staying open until uh, mid-August. So mid-August, so if you're a transportation supervisor out there working for a district, get those one-page applications in. Exactly. Uh, it's very rare that we receive for a grant or anything that it's a one-page application. Boy, I agree with you on that. A lot We've of times. like grants before. We know what that's about. Yes, sir, long. Yeah. And uh, you get audited, and they're keeping an eye on you. And not to say that they shouldn't, but right. if it's a simple process, take advantage. Exactly. Circling back to fuel prices, it's impossible to fully implement to electric or natural gas, especially in the short term. So how do we help districts save and, and save revenue now in real time? You're exactly right. Implementation to alternative uh, fuel sources is going to take years. And so in the meantime, there are ways to reduce our diesel emissions throughout regular maintenance performed by our Oakland Schools LEAs by the technicians and mechanics serving each district and then reducing idle times of the diesel engines during the wait time to begin the routes in the morning and the afternoon and also picking up students in the afternoon for the ride home. So would you say 2030 is a realistic goal to be all, or will we ever be off fossil fuels, I guess would be my question to you completely. Probably not because if fossil fuels currently create the electricity that we're going to use for the infrastructure base to be able to charge the electric buses. And I don't think a lot of people are really thinking about that piece to it. So it's a little more complicated than most see. It is complicated and also production because uh, right now with all the manufacturers of school buses, and there's probably five major uh, OEMs out there that produce electric at this time. Uh, they could produce probably about 25 to 3,000 2,500 to 3,000 buses per year. And currently for our United States, the average number is about 28,000 units produced per year that districts actually purchase. So we need to catch up on that. Sure, and so it'll always be a shared fuel source. We'll always have a little natural gas, we'll always have a little electric, and we'll always have some obviously on diesel fuel and unleaded fuel? I think so. Okay. Um, great insight. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I know it's something that's very interesting to me, especially in terms of raw materials and the inflation of that. So mm -hmm. I know there's lots of challenges ahead. At Oakland Schools, our mantra is every student every day. So what are we doing to provide high-level transportation services to our special needs populations? So transporting our special needs students does involve an enhanced level of training for our drivers who drive those routes. This additional training involves proper securement of like wheelchairs, seat belts, shoulder belts, vests, and the understanding and information contained in the student's IEP involving the student's safety while they're being transported. So that's another level of collaboration and cooperation that we have to have with our transportation departments and our special services staff members who work with all of us on a daily basis to provide that kind of plan to get the students safely to school and back home again. And a lot of our special service students, they need aids on the bus with them. Are we seeing a shortage of aids, or are we good in that area, or is there more room for growth in that? We're always looking for more aids, too. Excellent. Good to know. So if you want to be an aid and you want to work one-on-one -on -one with a student while they're being transported, that's always an option. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's discuss the maintenance and uh, sustainability of a bus fleet. I'm a I'm a, I assume a lot of work goes into that, keeping our buses on the road. So what goes into that work and who are the individuals responsible? So, Mark, that's a Herculean task that really requires a lot of collaboration with the LEA supervisor, director, driver, and all the technicians and mechanic staff. 
So since drivers are assigned buses for their routes during the school year and summer school, the driver is the first point of contact to make certain that their bus is properly maintained. Every day the driver is required to do a pre-trip that involves physically inspecting the components of the bus for safe travel on the road. And any item that needs service is written up on a work order and the bus is in the shop for that repair either instantaneously or by the afternoon route or the next day um, for that repair or maintenance item. So from oil changes to wiper blades, lights, reflectors, the driver is the one person who's the first line to be able to know if their bus is safe to be able to transport students for that day. I can reflect back to when I was at the district level throughout my career and being in the bus garages and speaking with the transportation folks and I believe, and you can speak to this, is it once a year where the state comes in and they give them a color tag and I know if it's red, that's no good. Yep. And yellow's good? Yellow's caution, okay. not as bad as red. Okay. Green is the best. Green is the best. So yeah. is it a three-tier system? It Green, is. yellow, red. It is. And red, you're taking that bus off the road and it's getting major repairs? It's getting repaired until it can be reinspected and back on the road again. Okay. State police have to do that. So that uh, process happens once a year. And each district at this time of the year is preparing for their, it's an SC4107 state school bus inventory fleet uh, that they have to turn into the state of Michigan with that on there. The state police come in at different times during the year to be able to inspect different districts and provide those color tags. And hopefully no one's getting red. We're all right. getting either caution or green. Well, I'm hoping that most of, if you're listening, you're a district representative. I hope you get green. Yeah, I me want, too. I want you to have green. Less to deal with there. Tom, you recently attended the National Student Transportation News Expo in Indianapolis, focusing on school bus safety and technology. When we come back, I'd like to hear about that experience, your takeaways from that conference. You're listening to Educationally Speaking. We'll be right back. Hello and thank you to everyone listening on 89.5 WAHS, 89.3 Lakes FM, Radio CMLF.org. Remember, you can download the Educationally Speaking podcast on Apple, Google, and wherever you listen to your podcast, including Spotify. Are you a parent or guardian of a young child? If so, our early childhood team works collaboratively with Oakland County schools, families, and communities to develop a systematic approach to support the development and academic achievement of all children from birth to kindergarten. If you or someone you know is interested in free preschool, call 1-844-456-5432. That number again, 1-844-456-5432. Welcome back to Educationally Speaking. Tom, as mentioned, you just attended a conference in Indianapolis. What did that experience entail? What were your takeaways? And then that information and knowledge that you gained, how and who, who do you share that with? The School Transportation News Conference, I think, was one of the best conferences I had attended ever. The content was appropriate to our current challenges regarding school safety, good electrification, fuel, supply chain, student management, internet safety, and the lineup of speakers were just incredible. One speaker in particular kind of caught my attention. His name is Jason Hewlett, and he spoke about The Promise. He even wrote a book entitled The Promise, which encapsulated how we all have something of value to share with our families, coworkers, and the community as we keep the promise to ourselves to share our gifts and talents with other people. He was talking about that we shouldn't hold back and instead share the talents with other people who undoubtedly will benefit from us just speaking into them. Jason spoke about how we can celebrate and recognize things in people, 
just that little cue, hey, you're doing a great job or, you know, keep it up. This is what I see in you. And I think you can really excel if you just work a little harder toward this end. And it's, it's things that sort of propel other people to recognize the gifts in them and then be able to move on from there to, to share it with others too. Positive communication. Exactly. So interestingly, in his presentation, he spoke about a school bus driver that he had as a kindergarten student that he remembered to this day because the driver influenced him. The influence wasn't very great in the fact that he was a kindergarten student and the driver was talking to him, just saying, good morning, hey, how you doing, how was your day? And he remembered that all through his life and remembered his name. And interestingly, not every driver does that. So unfortunately, again, communication like you're talking about, Mark, we need to do that. Doing my capstone project for my education specialist degree, I did this uh, study on how school bus drivers can positively affect student outcomes. And I had the same experience that Jason did, except I was in middle school at the time and I had this middle school uh, school bus driver who talked to me on a regular basis and really kind of protected me because I was the king of the nerds back then. And while I was in middle school, I wore these glasses and my hair probably wasn't stylish as, as all the rest of the kids that time. So you're looking sharp now. Okay, Tom. well, thank you. Yes, sir. So I wasn't cool is what I'm trying to tell you. And she was um, perceptive enough to be able to say, hey, Tom, how you doing? How was your day? Sit up here. Everything's going to be okay. Very nice. So my biggest takeaway is to reaffirm that I need to actively participate in pouring into people so they can in turn be positive toward other people. So I want to be positive to all my coworkers, my students, my family, of course, and use my gifts and talents to be able to support them so they can self-improve too. I'm taking this to all the LEAs. All the transportation directors, supervisors, drivers need to hear this. Absolutely. And I'm going to share it with them. The power of one. Exactly. Words have power, good or bad, and we want to use them to be positive and to inspire and to influence in the right way. So it sounds like you're on the right track there, and I think uh, you're the right man for this job. Thank you. A tough topic related to transportation over, I'd say, the last 15 years or so, and it might even go back further than that, has been privatization. Uh, which is not always received well by the public, especially the locals. With that said, each community is different, and at times these districts need to find creative ways to cut costs. We could probably talk for an hour on this alone, but I can only give you a minute. What are some of the pros and cons of privatization within the transportation world? So having that experience myself uh, to get that kind of view of privatization within the transportation industry for school districts, well, the immediate pro for the district would be to transfer, you know, the employee management to a private company, which in the short, short term relieves the districts of legacy benefit costs. Additional, there would be a relief from the district involving asset management, and including purchasing and maintenance to a private company. All right, relating to the cons, um, I think it really involves um, the detraction from employee morale and loyalty to the district that they serve, that sort of family concept with the district is broken. Um, and so that adds another layer to be able to have the employee who may have a concern have to talk to the company and then they have to talk to the district versus talking directly. Sure, adds that, like you said, that other layer. Yeah, but however, the LEA has to make the best decision that allows them to work within their certain budget and properly educate everyone and get everyone back and forth to school. Definitely, and so we are still seeing a mix though. Some districts are privatizing and mm-hmm. some are still staying. They are. Uh, they are their own, okay. 
Shifting gears to professional development, speaking for certified teachers, we have to fulfill our continuing education and recertify roughly every five years. So what are the training requirements currently in place for school bus drivers? How often are they tested? What, is their, uh, what does that look like for them? So like the teacher, Mark, the school bus driver has to be trained and tested initially to get their CDL license. They have to be evaluated. They have to practice and participate in professional and personal development. They have to continue to go back for continuing education as a school bus driver. Along with being a school bus driver, they actually develop plans for their students using software to route, seat them, report referrals to the administrators when necessary. They also have to employ techniques in conflict management and resolution, all while maintaining an orderly atmosphere for each student where they can feel safe and secure on the bus. Unlike the teacher, the school bus driver must also navigate a 36,000-pound-plus moving vehicle through school building lots on the roads where parents and other drivers simply don't want to get behind a school bus, all while maintaining order on the bus. Definitely. Tough task. It is. I can barely uh, keep my two daughters quiet in the back seat of my vehicle while I'm driving. and right. So I can only imagine, and I just respect the bus drivers so much because they, they do. They have up to sometimes 40 students, 40 pupils on these buses, is that 40 correct? up to 60, up to and 60. there's multiple grades, yeah. you know, they can be loud. That. Exactly. Definitely. So I think just instilling uh, good systems in, on your school bus as a driver is just as important of instilling good structures in the classroom for a teacher. Yeah, you have to win the hearts and build relationships with those students. When I was a route driver in Chippewa Valley, I mean, for the... Uh, elementary and also the middle school I only knew two magic tricks but I did magic tricks with them to be able to develop a rapport with them and it was interesting because uh, you know they hey tell us a magic trick you know or do one so every Friday we did something special and it's just building that relationship with them to earn their trust and to be able to have them listen to you that's creative that's going above and beyond and I firmly believe that students and, and children and even adults sometimes they don't care what you know until they know that you care about them yeah. And once that they know you care about them, you, you just have them from there on out, and they become, again, your student as well. Yeah, this one uh, trick I did with the elementary kids, I had a coin disappear. And so, you know, it was a pretty simple trick. And then as I was driving home, I heard behind me two elementary kids sitting, first graders saying, sit in your seat. You don't want to be disappeared, do you? I love so it. That was yeah, great. That is good stuff. You know, much of our work relies on what has taken place in Lansing and Washington, D.C. I know that two laws went into effect in October of 2021. One included holding drivers responsible if they uh, went by a bus unsafely or they blew through the light. It would video them and police could write tickets based off that video footage, which previously to that law, you had needed to the officer had to be an eyewitness to that. Correct. And then the other law w uh, prevented people from just walking on a school bus without permission, kind of like in our schools where they have to get buzzed in or they have to be welcomed in. So is there any other current legislation that we're keeping an eye on right now that's moving forward? Yeah, Mark, those two bills that were passed into law are definitely helpful in keeping all of our students and drivers safe. The current legislation that we're watching is called House Bill 4375, which deals with allowing drivers to return to work following their actual retirement without having to wait one year following retirement to be able to return to a, a job. That involves earnings, and you know, currently we need drivers, so I mean, if we can get that down from a year 
last just months or anything like that, that would certainly help alleviate some, some of some the shortages, shortages yeah. because we have drivers who are trained just waiting to come back. Definitely. So it's almost like that retired teacher that wants to come back and maybe a substitute in the classroom. They, too, exactly. I believe, have to wait. So hopefully they can get that passed, and it makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something fun that takes place in the transportation arena, and I'm referring to the bus rodeos. Did I say that correctly? You did. Rodeo, uh, it is. Rodeos. When did those initiate? When were those created, I guess? Oh, those have been around for a long time, about 25 years. Okay, fun. And so it's basically where drivers from differing communities compete against one another, kind of like their Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we recently shared one on our social media that came out of uh, Lake Orion School District hosted it. So talk about the bus rodeos. All right. So Lake Orion did host it this year on May 14th, and seven of our Oakland school districts participated with that. So there's an entrance fee, and you have to bring teams to the competition. So the teams come and they're ready to compete in different bus maneuvers that are set up. And uh, I helped set up the track, so I knew some of them uh, were gonna be a little tougher. You had to back a bus through a serpentine sort of uh, series of cones. You had to stop just inches before the white mark, you know, and you can't really see the white mark from the windshield of the bus. You had a, a proper bus stop location. One that really interests me was parallel parking a bus. I mean, sometimes I have problems parallel parking my car, let alone parallel parking a bus. But uh, there was no lassoing of other buses or drivers, but it was a great challenging day filled with fun, food, and prizes. And Lake Orion worked the entire year to get vendor support, uh, prizes, uh, and Pam King, the director of pupil transportation out there in Lake Orion, her staff needs to be recognized for their hard work. And the team placement this year was first place uh, was taken by Huron Valley, Mm -hmm. second place Lake Orion, third place Rochester. It's an accumulation of points, and they won. Very nice. Congratulations to Huron Valley. Sounds like a great time. No matter if you win or lose, it's just, it's community. It's bringing people together. It's collaboration. It's morale building. It's what we need. So um, question with that is I know a lot of times we're seeing on our newer vehicles have sensors and cameras. Are the buses starting to be equipped with sensors and cameras like our other vehicles? Well, we all have cameras on the buses now, you know, internally. Uh, Some of the sensing equipment, not in the front so much, but in the back, although front cameras are becoming more and more available. But there is a rear camera. There is. Okay. So before we land this plane, or really in this case, park this bus, Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience, resources, or any just other good news or anything else taking place in the transportation world? So if you're thinking about being a bus driver, just join. I mean, it's a great job. It's a great opportunity, whether it's your only job or you're trying to fit it in with an existing job. You'll have a great time. You'll build relationships with a great staff. Uh, and with students. You make a difference in your community. Exactly. I did it, and you could do it too. So transportation is a tough gig because when you're running a transportation department, you usually start at about 4.30 a.m., and you go home at 6 p.m. And if you're the director, the supervisor, the dri- whoever you are, you're playing a part in the safe transportation of students every day. Across our nation, I mean, this happens every day, day in, day out. They're the unsung heroes. Often uh, joke sometimes, there's three things that you have to be perfect at every day. First thing is being a doctor, you can't make any mistakes. Second is an astronaut, you don't want to make any mistakes. Third, school bus driver. Very nice, yeah. So join the ranks, be a school bus driver, and you can check us out on our Oakland Schools website, as Mark alluded to before, and also the state of Michigan. Uh, you can go on site there and look up Pupil Transportation Act 187. 
stateofmichigan.gov, and they'll give you all the information you need regarding the rules of the road for school bus driving. Very nice. So go ahead and check out those resources. I'd like to thank Tom Korth, Supervisor of Transportation Services for Oakland Schools, for being our guest today. Truly an honor and a privilege. This podcast was brought to you by Oakland Schools Intermediate School Districts Communication Services and is produced by Media Production and Distance Learning Manager Mark Hansen. Oakland Schools is a regional service agency in Oakland County, Michigan that offers support services to school personnel which are better delivered regionally and provide cost, size, and quality advantages to those we serve. You can find all episodes of Educationally Speaking on our Oakland Schools website at oakland.k12.mi.us and Anchor FM. We hope you will continue to tune in as we discuss topics that affect every student every day.